Despite Nick Sirianni being so hyped after the Chiefs game that Big Dom DeSandro, the Eagles head of security, was unable to keep him from interacting with fans following the game, Nick Sirianni did say after the Chiefs game that the Chiefs game was the biggest game because it was the next game. This is another game. All right, and it's the next game. And uh, you ain't going to sucker me into saying that. Uh, this is a big game because it was our next one. Um, uh, felt good to get a win against a really good football team. But you do have to admit, there's not as much bulletin board material surrounding the Bills game. And while, yes, Sirianni is an emotional guy, my only prediction for this game is that he's not going to be quite as hyped if the Eagles come away with the victory as he was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday with your families. I know that I did, and I'm really grateful for your support and your tuning in to the Bird's Nest Podcast. So thank you so much. I'm sure that the Eagles have a lot to be thankful for. The Eagles are 9-1 and the top the NFL. They have the best record in the National Football League. They are atop the NFC, and they are really, really happy because the Lions lost on Thursday, so that's one of their chief competitors for that top spot. We are in the middle of the gauntlet run with the Philadelphia Eagles having just beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, shutting them out in the second quarter now returning home for a couple of games, the first of which is against the Buffalo Bills. Now, while yes, the noise surrounding this game won't be nearly as loud as the noise surrounding the Kansas City Chiefs game, as evidenced by the fact that it was the most watched Monday night football game in almost 30 years, it will be pretty hype at Lincoln Financial Field, mostly because A, the Eagles beat the Chiefs, and B, it's the Kelly Green game part two. So even though there's not going to be as much hype over this game and the Bills are not as good of a team as people were expecting, being 5-5 five and five after dropping their last two games to the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets, it's time to preview this game, this upcoming game, this next game, and here are some of the things that I'm going to be looking at. So the first key to the game is going to be getting into short yardage situations, especially short yardage situations on third down. The Bills defense is a top 10 team when it comes to first downs allowed during the game at more than 18 first downs on average. The Eagles offense is actually tied for first place with the Cowboys in first downs per game at more than 22 on average. Now, one of the keys to the Eagles' success here has been getting into third and short. The Eagles have had 63rd downs with five or fewer yards to go, and the Eagles have converted more than 68% of them. You compare that to when the Eagles are in third and more than five yards to go, and they've converted just over 32% of them. So that's a huge swing when the Eagles are in a third and short situation versus when they're in a third and long situation. So getting into those short yardage situations is going to be crucial to allow the Eagles to be a team that's going to continually make long, sustained drives. 
Now, one area that's definitely going to help with this is the run game, and the Eagles are once again facing off against a team that can be run on. The Buffalo Bills defense is 16th in the league in rushing yards per game at 110.5 rushing yards allowed on average, and 29th in the league in rushing yards per play at 4.53 yards allowed. These are not great numbers for the Bills going up against an Eagles team that is 8th in the league in rushing yards per game at 128.1 on average for the offense. Now, the Eagles this season have actually called more passing plays on early downs than run games. Nick Sirianni said before the bye that he has some issue with how run plays and pass plays are categorized when it comes to the statistical analysis of the game. Yeah, uh, I, I just think that the run game is executing differently uh, than, what you've, than what you've seen. Um, again, when you just look at a stat book, uh, you're not going to get that information exactly the way it is, right? So, um, I mean, we run a jet sweep to DeAndre, uh, to DeAndre that goes for 22 yards, but that counted as a pass. That's a run, right? That's a run. It's just the way we gave him to the, gave him the football. Some teams are under center and turn around and hand it to the guy. Uh, some teams that are gun teams catch it and pitch it forward. For the teams that catch it and pitch it forward. They get pass yards. For the teams that turn around and hand it, they get run yards. Uh, it's just a style of what you are uh, in, your, in your offense um, as far as your, if you're a gun team or an under team. Um, then you look at other plays, the, the explosive play to Dallas Goddard, right? Well, well, well it counts as a pass. Well, it, I got it, but it, it's, it's an it's a RPO. It's an RPR. Um, and when you do that, you're reading an end, and then some teams play, some teams read it, and I don't want to get in too much into the scheme of it, but some teams read it, and they play option football, and some teams read it, and they play pass-forward football. Those are runs. I don't agree with it, uh, and be, because there's more to the run game, like those numbers, than just what the, the stats say. And so... That's how, that's how I'm kind of answering that. You guys can take that. Um, I think I've done a good job explaining that, and I don't want to get too far into that, um, the scheme things, but, but yeah, that's how we see it. The problem with this is that it opens the door to other plays that are very simply not runs being treated as part of the run game, which they're not, and the example of this is going to be the screen pass. The screen pass is not a run, but many, many, many teams use the screen pass like it should be a run, like it's setting up a deep ball. The Eagles have long had a great way of using the run to set the pass up. And I say long, but it's been over the course of the last couple seasons. Really, you have to go back to when Eagles fans were chanting in Lincoln Financial Field to run the football calling into 94WIP and 97.5, the fanatic challenging Eagles leadership to run the football more. But the way in which the Eagles use the run kind of runs counter to the league, where the run is setting up the pass. The rest of the league is either doing it backwards, they're either using the pass to set the run up, or they're using a lot of screenplays to set the deep ball up. That having been said, the Eagles so far this season really have not run nearly as many running plays as they have passing plays. The Eagles have run 290 running plays this season compared to 349 pass attempts. 
So the difference there is noticeable. Now, I do think that injuries to the offensive line, injuries to Jalen Hurts, and now an injury to Dallas Goddard is sometimes impacting a little bit of this. We have Cam Jurgens back, fortunately. Jalen Hurts is playing with the brace off, which is wonderful. Dallas Goddard is not on injured reserve, so it is expected that he'll be back soon. Dallas Goddard's absence actually does make a difference because Goddard can be used as a blocker on some of those running plays. Now, the Eagles do have some options. Certainly, Julio Jones is a bigger wide receiver. He can be used. You can also be relying on some of the other tight ends. Brandon Calcaterra has been out with injury, but he might be returning this week. In addition, Albert Okwebenam and Jack Stoll. All of those guys can contribute, and all of those guys can factor into trying to allow the Eagles to pick up the run game even with Dallas Goddard being injured. So hopefully at the end of the day, the Eagles are able to return to emphasizing the run game against a team that can be run on. The second key to this game is going to be turnovers, and I'm going to keep this very simple. The Eagles are undefeated when they are plus one or better in the turnover department in a game. Now, right now, the Eagles are actually minus one on the season. They've given the ball away one more time over the course of the season than they have taken it away. But Buffalo isn't really all that much better. Buffalo started off great, but as Chris Berman would say, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills have become a turnover machine in these last couple of games. In their last four games, they have given the ball away five times through interceptions and three times through fumbling. So that's eight times in total. Again, that's over the Bills' last four games. Meanwhile, the Eagles' offense has two interceptions and three fumbles over their last four games. So the Eagles are starting to right the ship in terms of the giveaway department, whereas the Bills are starting to lose it a little bit there. Now, there was a stretch where the Eagles' defense had zero takeaways over the course of several weeks. The Eagles have gotten into that groove a little bit, and Kevin Byard had his first interception as an Eagle during the Chiefs game. That was certainly something that really helped, and I am really hopeful that he will be able to contribute more in the defense as he continues to get acclimated. Nick Sirianni did address what it's like for players to come in midseason earlier this week. I think what Howie and his staff have done an unbelievable job of is is not only getting good players that can help us, but good people that fit into the locker room. But that's also, right, and so we, we get these guys like Roby and, and, and Kevin Byard that, that have come in, Julio, that have come in, and, like, these are top-notch pros as far as, as players, but they're also really good teammates as well. And so that's the, you know, that's how we doing, Howie and his staff doing the homework of, hey, this is, the, this is the right type of guy to bring in here right now and where there's a, where there's a need. And, um and then make no mistake about it, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a reflection of how our locker room it currently is, right? And where they, they can, you know, they know these guys are coming in to help uh, and to our goal just, you know, to win this, this week. And, uh, and they open their arms to them, I mean, and, and, and accept them into the team. Those are the type of guys we have here. I mean, I just, I, I think back, it's been, like you said, last year, Jake got hurt, Cam Dicker comes in, and the guys, you know, their confidence that these guys had, it, that 
Cam was going to make a play, and he does, and to win the football game for us, right? And so, like, it's it's been really it's it's really a cool thing to see because that's that to me is the definition of a team, right? Um, you know, of of what our our locker room is like, and it's led by our captains and our players. Now, while we're talking about Bayard, it did seem to me like he was in on more than just the interception, and certainly he was very much a part of making sure that Travis Kelsey was only held to 44 yards during the game, but he also seemed like he was in on a lot of other plays, and that's certainly something that is promising, and hopefully he'll be able to contribute more as the season progresses. The third key to this game is going to be the play calling. Now, while game planning and game management fall under Nick Sirianni's domain pretty squarely, the play calling on the offense falls to Bryant Johnson. That's a practice that Nick Sirianni began last season when he handed play calling duties over to Shane Steichen. Runs a little bit counter to league practice, but it's something that works for Coach Sirianni, and it's something that Shane Steichen did well during the course of the previous season. Sirianni handed the play calling over to Johnson this season as well, so he has been decent, but he's also been maligned by many in the Eagles fan base simply because of some of his play calling decisions. Nick Sirianni did indicate that there were some things that he was really pleased with with Brian Johnson's play calls. Yeah, I just think he's got a good feel. Like, Brian's not going to just do something to do it. He's got a good feel and good flow for what's going on in the game um, and at being able to to adjust in the game. He's really smart situationally. And and when I talk about situational football, th- these things pop up everywhere. Third down, red zone, two minute, backed up, uh, you know, third down and backed up, four minute, four minute, ba- uh, four minute backed up, four minute, third down. Like the end, the, they're endless. And he's, you know, he's just done an unbelievable job in those scenarios of, you know, the preparation that we put in for it. But, you know, and we do all that preparation in that uh, in that together. But then there's there's going to be an art to it of like, okay, well, this is what we planned on doing, but this is what the play requires right now because of the way the defense is. So I think he does a great job adjusting, does a great job uh, in-game, um, you know, having feel for the situations, um, is going to do what we feel like is best to, to do to, to win that game. And that doesn't necessarily – that can mean run it a ton, it can mean throw it a ton, um, and that can be mix. And so, uh, again, just like I said, I just feel like, you know, as you look at – our statistics and, and what we and, and the feel of games. I just think he's done a really good job and probably hasn't been talked enough about of how good of a job he's he's done based off of like I think there was an expectation coming in like oh um, we lost our coordinator we're going to take a step back and that's really not been the case and we have the same record as we had last year and to me Brian deserves a lot of credit for that and should be t- being talked about more in that light of man this guy's doing a really good job. And Jalen Hurts indicated this week that even though he's known Brian Johnson for a very long time, his relationship with Johnson is still growing, and that includes with Johnson as the play caller for the offense. Um, I think as far as Brian and I, Brian and I um, it's just a, a developing and a continued, a continued process of us just continue to grow. Um, that's not only Brian, um, that's Coach Sirianni, that's KP, um, you know, that's all of those guys. It's constant communication, and I'm trying to take the next step. Now, we're 10 games into the season, and this is Brian Johnson's first season as offensive coordinator and his first season as play caller. 
So he's got a lot on his plate. And for what he's doing, in my opinion, he's doing a pretty decent job. But there's definitely room for him to grow in the offensive play calling department. And I'm looking forward to seeing him take the next step in his calling and mixing it up a little bit. As more and more teams get more and more game tape on how Brian Johnson calls the game in particular situations, it's going to be more important for him to make sure that he's doing things to keep opposing defenses on their toes. Otherwise, it's going to become very predictable, and the Eagles offense isn't going to have as much success as Eagles fans are used to. The fourth key to this game is going to be the Eagles offensive line, and I bring this up for two reasons. One, the Buffalo Bills have had 14 sacks over the course of their last four games, which is an incredible statistic. The Buffalo Bills are also fifth in the league in sacks per pass attempt at 10.89%. I also bring this up because the Eagles offensive line got beat up against the Kansas City Chiefs this past week. Jalen Hurts got sacked five times in the first half, and while that was attributed to miscommunications, that is simply not acceptable performance by an offensive line that is, by all accounts, the best offensive line in the league. To have that kind of talent be absolutely decimated by the Kansas City Chiefs defense is unacceptable. So the Eagles offensive line is going to need to go back to Statland University. They're going to need to have some kind of a plan to stop a Bills defense that is very able to sack, especially a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts, from getting to Jalen Hurts nearly as often as they did. The Eagles offensive line needs to have a bounce back game here. This needs to be that game. They need to be returning to form. The fifth key to this game is going to be finding the identity of this team. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. The Eagles still do not feel like they've played up to their full potential. That's disturbing news for everybody involved. It's disturbing news for Eagles fans because when are we going to find our full potential? And it's disturbing news for the rest of the league because what's going to happen when the Eagles do play up to their full potential? So it's very, very dangerous that the Eagles actually haven't gotten there yet. Before the Miami Dolphins game, I actually talked about this with Ray Dedinger. Probably the closest that played to um, a you know, really solid game was, was the Rams game. And I thought they, you know, that was probably, to me, their best game to date. But even that was less than perfect. So, you know, they haven't, coming into this season, I mean, I said, you know, on numerous occasions, I think they're the best team in the NFL. I think they have the best roster. I think they have the best team. Um, and I've never been able to say that about an Eagles team in my memory. That coming into the season, I really felt they this is the best team in the league. Uh, and I really felt that coming into this year. To this point, five and one record aside, I don't think they've shown that. I still feel they're capable of it. Um, but, I mean, you alluded to the stretch of games that are coming up now. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, and so it's going to be a challenge. And I feel, you know, the team coming into the season, I felt was capable of winning those kinds of games. But now they kind of have to go out and prove it to us. So it really comes down to the identity of this team this season. And that particular topic is something that has been a focal point of Jalen Hurts throughout the season. He's spoken about it multiple times, all the way back to training camp. 
and he was asked about it following the Chiefs game, and he was not sure that the Eagles' performance against the Chiefs is reflective of the team's identity. No, it's not. Um, Maybe you guys, but um, I think just for us, you know, just just never getting too high, never getting too low. You you win a a whole bunch of different ways in this league, Um, and I think everyone that's watching the game or whoever has to accept that. Um, And in, in, in the end, winning is the only thing that matters. And so, you know, we continue to find ways to do that. Um, it's a great thing for us. We continue to have a growth mindset and strive to play to our standard. That'll only serve us great things in the future as well. So and there's an eagerness just to continue to get better. Um, by any means, am I satisfied? Uh, I, know, I know my teammates. I know the guys in that locker room aren't satisfied either. But I just want to continue to grow, and there's an eagerness to do so. Now, as I alluded to, he did speak about this even going back to training camp. And the important thing about that is that he said back then that the team's identity changes from year to year. And part of the task of the team is to find it. It's a a new journey. It's a new journey. Obviously, we have a ton of familiarity um, and we're familiar with one another. But we still have to understand that. You know, we're, we're still trying to we come here first day. We're trying to set the foundation for what the identity of this team will be. That's the main thing. Anything that was done in the past, it really doesn't matter. It's about what we do now, the, the precedent we set now, and the standards we set for ourselves moving forward. So um, raising that standard. So ultimately for the Philadelphia Eagles, if they're going to find the identity of this team, Now is the time to do it. And at the end of the day, once they find that, then they can hopefully be playing as a part of their identity and be playing to that full potential that could be very, very dangerous for anybody who stands in the Eagles' way. So those are my keys to the game this week, but let me know what you think about this upcoming game in the comments. What has you excited about this game? What are you looking forward to? What has you concerned? Let me know. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning into the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media right here on YouTube and by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage. And if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can find the link to our Patreon either in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles! <laughs>